You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And hello again, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Medelsky, Melissa Scaccio, if you made it through that first half hour, good news. If you're you still with us. <laughs> you don't just have to listen to us. Uh, we'll be having Father Tanner Toft uh, from the Diocese of New Ulm. Uh, I have to apologize earlier, Father. I uh, mispronounced your name, but uh, that's kind of how it goes sometimes. And uh, I'm not uh, not too uh, shy to admit when I mispronounce someone's name and, and move on with things. So, uh, again, if you're just joining us, it's a beautiful Tuesday here, Tuesday after Memorial Day here in wonderful Rochester. Uh, and now we're just moving one diocese over to the Diocese of New Ulm to speak with Father Tanner, who was just ordained this past Saturday. Um, unfortunately, I had uh, some prior commitments, so I wasn't able to make it out there, uh, but uh, I'm so excited to have Father Tanner on with us this morning to talk about how things went. So thank you for joining us, Father. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you guys on this wonderful day. Uh, so this is kind of the, the blank, open-ended question that could go any which way you want it to go, but could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, you got it. Um, well, I guess we'll just kind of start at the beginning. I grew up on a farm in southwestern Minnesota, there by Marshall. Uh, and that's actually where I'm at right now, is I'm back at home on the farm because our assignments don't start for a little bit. So, yeah, just grew up a good country boy and loved helping Dad on the farm, working with the pigs and cows. And that was really sort of my whole life growing up until I got called. So a little bit about myself is really just, yeah, loved working on the farm, loved working with my dad uh, until I got the call to go to seminary. And then I guess the Lord really rocked my world there. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful way to, to put a vocation, right? The the Lord rocked your world. I like that. I'll have to remember that. When someone, yes, the Lord rocks <laughs> the world. Someone brings that up in the future. Um, so uh, could you tell us a little bit about um, how how faith was a part of your upbringing? Yeah, I can do that. Uh, as far as faith, you know, I I had to kind of jokingly say this at my first Mass, is that my parents really didn't live their faith in a sense of, like, extraordinary virtue or an extraordinary way, any way like that. And really mm-hmm. for myself, it wasn't sort of an extraordinary um, part of everyday life, but it was mm-hmm. just ordinary, uh, mm-hmm. very simple. Uh, and I think that was actually one of the greatest gifts um, that my parents could have given me. It's this the simplicity of their faith, to show that faith is something that is a part of everyday life. Uh, again, going back to the farm, because I said that that was sort of so important and integral to my life growing up, uh, and honestly, it's what I thought I was going to do growing up. Uh, I just learned through the example of my parents that uh, you rely on God for everything, whether it's putting that seed in the ground or... Uh, mm. trying to get it planted, and I think many farmers out there this year are definitely well aware of that, that, yeah. you know, we got to rely on God, and He's not going to uh, leave us abandoned, but as long as we remain faithful to Him and trust in Him, He will sort of bring that fruit to fruition. So, yeah, faith for us was really just living that constant, everyday witness in the very simple things. Um, I remember my dad, one of the examples I always share with people, too, whenever I talk about this, is he would always pray 
whenever we're in the field, you know, Lord, would you just, you know, help the equipment to hang together until we get to the end of the season? <laughs> and, you know, you laugh as a, as a young child and you kind of think, okay, Dad's just being funny. But actually, how much of an example that that is, just to see mm-hmm. in him that witness to, even in the very real-life mundane things that we just, sometimes we forget to turn to God in. It was just like this, yeah, this beautiful witness of this is actually very real, and God cares about my tractor, or God cares about me getting this field planted. So, Lord, if you care about it, you know, be with me in this and help me get through it. So I would say that was really the, the witness of faith led by my, my parents, and the example of our family was just, you rely on God for everything in uh, your everyday life. So, again, nothing really great, nothing really uh, awe-inspiring, just the simple example of everyday living. Well, that's beautiful, too, because I think so often people, you know, and especially I've got little kids, and so a part of me is always a little nervous. Am I giving, giving a good testimony to the faith? What special thing do I need to do? You know, mm-hmm. and you'll hear speakers and books about, you know, you have to do this specific thing, this specific way. And that's, that's the magic thing that will, you know, make sure your kids stay Catholic and make sure they, you know, one of them discerns religious life or the priesthood. Right. And it, yeah. it's not really as much that as just daily living it out. And like you said, not extraordinary, ordinary, you know, it's part of everything that you do all the time and so it would be hard to imagine your life without it and i think that's really an important thing to 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 be reminded of you know i need that reminder too that um it's about living it out day to day it's not just about the extraordinary experiences the lightning bolt moments things like that a lot of it is just about that daily lived experience and i'm loving the simple um father tanner we tried to look up your picture to see what you look like and we got a, a blue tractor and it, so it's, yeah. instead of you, we just we see a tractor, and I think that's that you know that really speaks to you know how important that was in your life, and um, yeah, we still don't know what you look like. <laughs> well, the, the tractor probably looks better than I do anyway. So <laughs> it's a very nice blue tractor. That and um, I see that your favorite book is The Great Divorce. I'm actually reading that for the first time right now. That it's it's so providential sometimes how everything kind of fits together. Yeah, well, that book, again, is just so good, I think, going back to just the simplicity, making things real and making things tangible in our sort of experience. Well, hopefully that will just kind of filter right through into your priesthood, because as Nick said, that's um, that's really the most important thing, is to live live it simply and do everything with great love. And um, that's what my kids always say. It's not the big stuff. It's just watching the examples of people every day living their faith and watching people love people. And that's really the most attractive thing about, you know, we've got a lot of pomp and circumstance and some fancy stuff, but, you know, it's just loving people correctly and, you know, showing the love of Jesus that really, 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 um, I think is what draws people right into the faith. And we'll help keep our kids, hopefully Catholic, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I think otherwise people just put, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be faithful witnesses that sometimes we can forget the simplest of our vocation, which is really just to be those. Uh, faithful parents are those faithful, you know, mother and father, a faithful uh, husband and wife, in very simple ways. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I guess now we kind of transition, and and we'll talk about it more after the break too, because we're we're getting close to that time, but we still have plenty of time before then. Uh, so, kind of transitioning from the ordinary to extraordinary in a way. Uh, would you mind telling us kind of how you first felt the call to the priesthood? 
Yeah, very simply, sort of the first uh, time I ever really think about getting the call was one Saturday evening mass in second grade. Uh, again, going sort of back to that ordinary, it was just an ordinary Saturday evening mass, but just something extraordinary happened in the midst of that ordinary, which was I just recognized, you know what, there's something special about the priest. Everybody comes here and they come to see Father. Uh, we've got to be here every week on time. It doesn't matter whether we're on vacation or we're, uh, you know, doing something else. Uh, but we always come and see Father. So there must be something special that goes on here. And I remember asking my parents afterwards, just a little second grader me, you know, Mom and Dad, what is, you know, where's Father's farm and where's his family? All the things that I knew and cherished so dearly. And they very piously, you know, responded to me and told me that, oh, Tanner, you know, Father, you know, he doesn't really have a family. We're his spiritual children, and he cares for us. And, you know, he doesn't farm. What he does every day is he prays for us to make sure that we're safe and that we're drawn close to Jesus. And I thought to myself, well, who would ever want to do anything like that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the reality is, is again, I I think this is sort of true for everybody, is there's always this question of, uh, well, what is it about them, or what is it about that life that just seems uh, to attract this man? Because it doesn't look like he's wanting for anything. It seems as if he's joyful. It seems as if he's happy, uh, and people enjoy being around him, so he's not a grump. Uh, so I think that question I sort of just carried with me all the way into high school, uh, which was, what is it about this man in particular, but then this this group of men um, that is so uh, awe-inspiring or just uh, life-filling. And so when I got into high school, I had the opportunity to join uh, our youth group, and that really led me just on this road of discovering the Lord more deeply in very simple ways, just answering questions of the faith, growing in fellowship uh, with my, my classmates and, and other young peers that were interested in the faith, and really being around Father to see his his witness that he was giving of um, his simple walk with the Lord and just that constant witness of everything that I have belongs to the Lord and uh, everything that he has, he wants to give to me. And I would say that was sort of the, the turning point, was just that resting in the beauty of the Lord and the beauty of the priestly vocation set by the, the example and the witness of my own parish priest. And that's awesome, you know. Uh, and again, that thread of, you know, it, it's a lot of it is about the the ordinary lived witness. You know, what spoke to you was seeing Father, seeing the joy in Father, seeing that, you know, people enjoyed coming to Father, right, uh, with things like that. And it wasn't one big, you know, uh, retreat weekend or one specific vocations talk that anyone gave at the parish, right? It was just something that kind of sat in your heart, and you you let it sit there, and uh, kind of. Um, it was know, planted, and then it planted grew. and there grew. We go. That's the, the farming analogy. That's what yes. I was going for. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, so uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, kind of how that discernment process went, and uh, kind of how it is to be. You know, a priest for, what, three days now? I think. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if I'm doing my math right. So uh, we'll talk more about that after the break. Stick with us here on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
God made you for a purpose. He made you to accomplish some great work. What did he make you for? What were you really made to do? Realize your vocation with a degree designed for the Catholic professional. The University of Mary offers online undergraduate and graduate degrees steeped in the Catholic intellectual tradition. Start today in business, nursing, bioethics, education, counseling, applied theology, and more at catholicprofessional.life. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, this is Mark Holcraft. And this is Dr. Joseph Holcraft. You know, Mark, Jesus asks 307 questions in sacred scripture. He has asked 183, of which he only answers three. What's the business with all of this questioning going on in the Bible? Well, Joe, there's a lot there, and we'll be ready to take that on. Tune in to hear about these questions and more on Awaken every second and fourth Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central here on Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And good morning once again, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Modelski, Melissa Scaccio here at St. James Coffee. The the shop's filling up now. It's nice yeah, to have a lot some of life in here. In here. It's yep. uh, like we, we've talked before, you know, it's kind of ebb and flow sometimes. And, uh, yeah, sometimes it's totally empty and it's like crickets, and sometimes <laughs> it's so loud, it's like, oh my gosh. Right. So, uh, again, if you're just joining us, we have uh, Father Tanner Toft on the phone with us from the Diocese of New Alm, just newly ordained this past Saturday. So he's uh, probably still got fresh chrism, maybe. Well, it's probably, probably soaked in smells, by now, maybe. but <laughs> the chrism smell. Um, so uh, talking a little bit before the break about what sort of led him to the priesthood in the first place, um, and now uh, kind of continuing in that thread, um, you know, uh, we've had, I've uh, co-hosted with Father Jason Kern, who's the Director of Vocations here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, before, and we always stress that, you know, entering the seminary is still part of the discernment process, right? It's not like a sealed deal as soon as you make that applications with the uh, vocations director that, oh, you got you got to follow locked through in. on it now, yep. right? Locked You're locked in. Forever. in. You, you know, um, that it's still a process of discernment. So um, I guess one of the questions is uh, uh, I have is, is how did that go? How did you sort of know that, how was that call sort of confirmed? How did you know you were making the, the right decision? Yeah, I guess... Um, well, just like you said, really, you know, that the decision to enter the seminary, which I think is probably that biggest step for, you know, young men, is really coming to exactly what you just said, is knowing that as you enter sort of that 
seminary career, that seminary path, is you're not locked into sort of coming out eight years later as a priest. It's right. Just, um, you know, you, you, you go to seminary, and for me, what uh, Father always told me, my, my parish priest at the time, was, you know, seminary is the place not to necessarily form priests, but just to form good Catholic men that know how to pray and know how to hear the Lord's voice. And so yeah. if you can hear the Lord's voice, then you never have to worry about what, you know, God's calling you to do because he'll let you know. So in high school, the biggest sort of transforming moment or the biggest step there was just coming to that realization that, okay, yeah, if the Lord is is God and I want him to be number one in my life, then I really just have to go to the seminary as a, as a Catholic man to really give God due credence to discern this call. Hmm. I didn't think that that would result in eight years later, me getting ordained to the priesthood. I just kind of <laughs> thought, okay, I go there, I learn how to pray, get to hear God's voice, and then after that, uh, he'll tell me it's time to discern out, so I'll go back and farm with my dad, but I'll be a great farmer because I'll always be able to hear, you know, God's voice and what I'm supposed to plant and where I'm supposed to plant it. There um, you go. But then as I did that seminary, career as I did that walk of life, and I was surrounded by these wonderful men who sort of are just every day confronted with with yourself, and all of your desires begin to, begin to come up. What is it that I, you know, really truly desire in life? How is it that the Lord's going to work through me? And all these sorts of questions start to come to life, and a, a young man, or at least myself, uh, begins to really realize that, you know what, I have a a lot of desires, and I want to imitate for uh, for myself the way that my dad really lived this shining example, this shining witness for me. So uh, for me, that meant going back home and raising a family and, and, and leading them in their faith. Hmm. But what I began to learn uh, sort of through the arc of, of minor seminary especially was just that lo- the Lord, He gives us our desires, and He never wants to, to leave any of them unfulfilled. And sort of through that whole arc of of minor seminary, four years of studying philosophy and all the other shenanigans that go on, (laughs) the Lord just very simply just led me in this way of, you know, Tanner, I've given you all these wonderful desires, and you think that you know how you want to fulfill them. You know, this desire for fatherhood that I've given you. You think that that's, you know, to raise a family of your own, or or this desire that you have to, to bring your family before me, that I can provide for them. You think that you know how to do that. But why don't you let me show you the way that I want to bring them to even greater fulfillment than you could ever imagine yourself? Mm. Uh, and sort of the, a big turning point was just one night in prayer, really realizing that, you know, this desire that I have to raise a family all goes back again to my own dad um, in just the simple way that he relied on God for everything to provide for him. I think I said that before. Mm-hmm. But when he did that, he always brought them before the altar. He brought them before God and said, "I, you know, I'm just a man. I can't provide for them. I can't take care of them. Uh, I'm, I'm just a man. But you're God, so you can do everything. And he would bring them and, and us, and he would lay our family down at the feet of the altar and at every Sunday night mass or Saturday night mass and whenever we went to mass, and he would lay us down there and say, Lord, you have to provide for them. And what the Lord began to show me was that was the true desire of my heart, is to imitate that priestly witness that my that my own father gave us. Even though he wasn't a priest, but we all are in some little way, to offer his family uh, to the Lord so that they might be fulfilled by him. And so coming to see that 
all of my desires and everything that I thought I knew how to fulfill, the Lord had an even greater plan. And so that was really sort of the turning point where I'm like, okay, Lord, I guess I only know a small glimpse of what you want for me, so I'm just going to let you take the reins here, and then you can lead me on the rest of the way. It's kind of a, it's kind of amazing how God does that when you give him something, like your desires. If you're willing to sacrifice it, he will give it back to you. It's like Job. Like, just give it all away, and then it'll it'll come back much bigger. And yeah, I'm so jealous, yeah, yeah. by the way, Father Tanner, because I... As a woman, I can't go to seminary. And I just think, how lucky are men that you could go to minor seminary, get this incredible education, be formed as an incredible Catholic man, and then just come out the other side. I've told my teenage daughters many times to look for a former seminarian. <laughs> Those are some of the best men that I know, the most holy, the most devout, the the, the strongest spiritual leaders in their own families. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of wish women had an option sort of like that, but... Um, but they don't, and for good reason, I'm sure. But <laughs> Well, yeah, there's always the option, but it is sort of more of a commitment, yeah, to just discern with a religious order. Um, and some of them are really good at just sort of providing opportunities for, like, yeah, periods of discipleship within the order. I know we've got a couple of beautiful examples in the diocese and all of that, but uh, that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, wonderful orders of religious there in the Diocese of New Ulm. Um, here as well, too, in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, but uh, New Ulm. Uh, so uh, if you're just joining us, Father Tanner Toft, who's uh, just ordained this past Saturday for the Diocese of New Ulm, uh, going to be assigned to Sleepy Eye, which has such a beautiful church there in Sleepy Eye, um, as well as the Schoenstatt Sisters. The Schoenstatt Sisters. Schoenstatt Sisters uh, on the edge of town there. I was able to, to stop through there uh, a few months ago uh, when I went to visit uh, Father out in um, Father Paul Timmerman in Montevideo because uh, we have a signal out there that I help uh, help promote and do the same sort of thing I do here in Rochester with that signal out there too. So it's uh, always a privilege to be in the Diocese of New Ulm as well. Um, so back to kind of, um, you know, we talked about the discernment. We talked about your upbringing, all those sorts of things. Now, uh, when you get to that point this past Saturday, when you're actually being ordained a priest, yep, could the you culmination talk a, of all of the things. A little bit about what that experience was like. It was a, a roller coaster of emotions, definitely. Uh, and I don't know if I was quite prepared for that. Um, I mean, I thought I was, but just the, the abundance of God's grace that He pours out on us and. Um, just the support of so much of our family, our community, uh, and friends, everybody that showed up. You know, Sleepy Eyes is a, a pretty big church for our diocese, and just to see it full, that was wow. that was absolutely amazing. Just uh, And people from all over, you know, from our teaching parishes up in the in the Twin Cities to friends and neighbors from back home to uh, parishioners that maybe, you know, we didn't even know, but they just wanted to be there to celebrate with the diocese. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it was just a, in a... Really amazing day. Well, you know, we all pray for good and holy priests. We should be there um, to support them, definitely, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I know we have ord- ordinations coming up uh, mid-June here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And it's really a, a moving event to witness, um, to be there for. Even if you, like Father said, even if you don't know uh, the people being ordained, it's just a, a beautiful experience to be there uh, for that ordination. So I'd encourage you to to check that out and uh, 
I think I'll have to double check my calendar, but planning to go to the one here in uh, in Winona because uh, it's it's just an amazing experience to be there. Uh, so uh, the other big experience, I would think, you know, uh, for someone who is ordained to the priesthood, is that first mass um, that you say as a priest. Um, and I know, kind of technically, sort of right, you can celebrate with the bishop when you're ordained, so I guess maybe that's technically the first Mass, but, you know, you always have that Mass of Thanksgiving. Yeah, by yourself. That, that you know, when, when you're actually, you know, when dri- you're the guy. driving the bus. Um, <laughs> when you're the guy you know. that's going to make the mistake. Exactly. So <laughs> could you tell us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, it was, uh, again, one of those just eye-opening experiences where you really realize, okay, this the Lord has done this in me, and, and here we go. I'm not, you know, the guy that just gets to walk behind Father anymore. It's all on, on sort of me to, you know, give the thumbs up. We're ready to go. We're ready to start. But in all reality, amongst all those extraordinary things that are going on, it was just amazing the gift of the Holy Spirit that just made it feel so natural. So to just walk, uh, to walk into that first Mass, to go up there to the altar, to reverence it, uh, and then to go to the chair and, and begin, you know, those, those opening rites, it just... Well, I knew in my my head and everything else that, wow, okay, this is surreal, and everything's just, this is all brand new, and make sure I do it right. Uh, the reality was, it was just such a beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit to say, this is natural, and indeed I have called you this, uh, I have called you to this, my son, uh, just go ahead and serve me as a priest. So, yeah, it was amazing, but again, natural. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, Father Tanner. We'll be praying for you and your priesthood. Thank you. Thank you so much.